It's Monday morning and you're welcome to Kiss My Arts here on Leitrim Daily. The podcast is now 15 days old and it's been absolutely amazing. Seven and a half thousand people have joined us for one of our shows featuring so many things from around the county over the last two weeks. Today we're going to be looking at the art scene around the county and meeting some of the creative people who call Leitrim home. I visit Gaynor Ryan of the Casting Emporium just outside Clune. Layla Dolan shows me around the Bears Cabin and I chat to Mick Blake about a song written by his fifth class students in Leitrim Village National School who want to make a difference in our environment. This week on the show I'm asking people to get on board and follow the show on Spotify. It means you'll get every show direct to your phone seven days a week. It really helps me to keep you informed and you can listen to the individual episodes that interest you every day. Feel free to skip the days when the subject matter eh, just isn't your thing. Don't forget we have a fantastic prize of the ultimate chance to experience Leitrim. Just put your name in the hat to be one of our daily winners via our website www.leitrimdaily.com. I'll post all of the winners so far on our social media later today. Now, let's get on with the show. I'm in Clune and I'm sitting with Gaynor Ryan of the Casting Emporium to talk about what exactly it is she does here. Gaynor, welcome to the programme. Thank you. We're sitting in your workshop and I'm looking around. I can see paints, I can see plaster of Paris, I can see moulds. Tell us a little bit about what the Casting Emporium is. Well, basically, I'm what you class as a life caster. So um, I predominantly work with babies, children, adults and families. And we would take castings um, with the babies. It's newborn castings of their little hands and feet. Um, Over the last two years, I've reskilled and branched out to do 3D castings for families. So it's um, moulds of the hands that can be framed or wall mounted. It's just basically a memento you know something that you can do with the family i'm glad you explained what a casting means because the first time i heard the word casting i thought you were deciding who gets to be in the next version of game of thrones (laughs) so it's it's about plaster casting yeah um, and it's individual to the person so it's actually their specific hands or feet or arms that are included exactly yeah what we do is we we would take with the 3d castings we would use um, a product called alginate and it's um literally what dentists use to take the molds of the feet oh sorry the teeth sorry and then what we do then the baby's hand would go into that that product and it sets with the heat of the hand and everything it, it sets and it takes an almost perfect mold of the baby's hands then we pour a pl- specialist plaster into that mold and you get an absolute 3d hand you know it, it brings out all the little lines the little wrinkles and a lot of ladies get them done when their babies are newborn it's just that they basically want to remember how small they are it's a little memory that they have because blink of an eye and the you know they're going to college and taking driving lessons so it all happens very quick so it's nice to just capture a moment basically now this isn't the first time we've cross paths we actually did a course together we did yeah. a couple of years ago when this was just an idea of making a hobby into a business yeah you've come a long way since then it's taken a long time I started sort of I got interested in it sort of years and years ago when my daughter was a baby she's 19 and I got a little do-it-yourself kit that was made and when we moved over to Ireland in about 2005 it was just always on my mind that I wanted to start a business to work around my baby and start from home you know business from home 
So um, I started off with stone out prints, which is basically just putting the little baby's hands into clay, making an impression and making an outprint like a tile of its little hand and feet. And um, but I always ever work part time with that. You know, we, we hit the recession and, you know, things. So it wasn't anything that I could ever take on full time. And after a few years, I got really interested in the into the 3D casting and it was to reskill. So with being sort of, I'd finished work at, I worked at Bank of America for a good while. And sort of when that came to an end, it was wondering what to do, whether to just go straight for a, just a, you know, back into customer service or just take the, bite the bullet and, you know, start this full time. How scary was that thought? Very scary because, you know, we, we'd hit the recession. I was out of work. We were, you know, my partner works away. It's, you know, it's a, it's a big thing to start a business basically at the probably the worst possible time. So it was just, it's taken time and it's a lot of practice. Um, I went to Edinburgh to do a course for the 3D casting. There's a lot of expense involved and there's just practice and practice and practice. You know, not everyone's perfect. So, you know, you have to, it's, you're, you're working at it every day to perfect you know because it's such a, a precise thing that people want it to look exactly like their hand yeah. or their foot or whatever what happens if there's a mistake what happens if there's a little breakage do you have to get that person back to we redo do, it yeah yeah so it's very labor intensive yeah yeah and luckily um a lot of the times when the babies come i always take two sets of each because we, we get a lot of people which is really good for me they'll travel so i get people from all over ireland that will come which is you know, it's really flattering to know that they, you know, spend a couple of hours in the car to come and do. Um, worst case scenario is it's a recast. We'll never put anything, you know, substandard into the frame. It's always... Now, we do work with terminally ill people and we don't always get, obviously, a second chance. And whoever's shining on me up there, as you know, it's it, it's always worked out when we have to do, you know, things in, in those cases where we wouldn't get a second chance. And with the course, we've learned the skills. If you do get breakages, we've learned the skills to do repairs and to, you know, to make it look as, as perfect as, as possible. And people in those situations, you know, understand the risks involved. That's all explained, you know, before the, the casting's done. It's just that, you know, they want a memento of the loved one. And a lot of the times it's the last time they ever hold hands. So it's it means, a, you know, a great deal to them to get it done. In terms of your own situation, that's obviously not a local Clune accent. No, no. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that your partner works away. So why have you picked Clune to be your, your base? Well, my partner's um, father was originally from Mohill. So we moved here about 15 years ago. We wanted to sort of ring Neve up in, in Ireland and build a house in the country. And we've kind of ticked all those boxes. It's not gone to plan, but, you know, we, we there's... 26 letters in the alphabet you know we've we've done a lot of um plans a's and b's but it's just it works for us it just it's you know it's what we're used to it works for us and it's a, a great place to bring up the, my child who's now 19 so talk us through this phenomenal little workshop that you've got here <laughs> yeah it's just basically um front room of my house we've we've converted and it's just given me the ability to work from home i did have a shop in carrick for a while but it's just, it just so much easier for me to work at home. You know, I can put the hours in after hours. I do a lot of late nights. But in the workshop, it's it's basically a functioning work, you know, workshop where I work in here. We do the castings in here. Everything's done. I do the framing. Majority of the framing's done myself. It's just literally at the moment where I am 24-7. <laughs> yeah. Now, we reconnected recently through Instagram. Yes. And 
you seem to have Instagram nailed. It's taken a while, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you've, you've built your business up through social media, essentially. Yeah. I find with social media, I mean, a lot of my, my customers are new parents, so most of my messages come, come through in a three o'clock morning feed where they've, you know, they can't get back to sleep and I'm getting messages and it's just maybe they've gone on the phone for half an hour before they've gone back to sleep and it's just, it's, it's a lot more flexible for people to get in touch with. It's literally where probably about 95% of my bookings come through social media. So it's 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 been mega for me, really. Is it a tool that businesses in Leitrim could maybe use more of? Definitely. Um, I know my website needs work on, and I know it's something as a business that I need, but um, it's it's been Facebook, it's been Instagram, where I can show work in progress. Um, when customers come in to have the castings done, I send them progress pictures. I send them from the minute they come out of the mould, you know, to being under... So, they, they can kind of see the progress of, you know, what they've come in to have done. And, and a, a lot of my um, sort of interaction and engagement is through the work in progress where they're, they're, they're not looking the prettiest and they need work and filing and sanding. But, the you know, people are interested in sort of what goes on behind the scenes, not just the pretty pictures at the end of it all, kind of. So it's a massive difference, yeah. Now, let's set the scene for... A young couple, maybe a, a, a baby or for themselves or one of the situations you already outlined, whether it's an end of life situation. Mm -hmm. What is the experience like for the person coming in here? What do they have to do? How long does it take? It's not a long process to actually come in and have the, the, the moulds taken. Um, with with the, the alginate, once it's um, with, with newborn babies, we, we, we put it in at room temperature. When the little hand goes in, it's about... 60 seconds maybe a few seconds longer before it sets so the wiggliest of babies where you wouldn't think that they turn out at all you know they can still move they can you know they're not restricted in any way and it's just so quick to do that the longest is when from when i pour the plaster to when it has to dry and then it goes through a process you know before we can prep it for painting so it's it'll take even for adults if it was a big family of six casting it'd probably take about 45 minutes out of your time to do but then at the end of it you've got something you know that'll last last a lifetime basically so they come in they do their casting mm -hmm. they get the molds we we take the molds and that they'll they'll go off on the way and what we do then from here is we put we pour the plaster and then it has to go through a process where probably about three depending how big but tiny babies three to four weeks family castings could take four to six weeks to completely dry and then we go through a process of the first stage would be sealing the plaster the plaster's porous so we never just paint on onto it it just looked dull it just and if we painted on before it was dry you get mold growing through so you have to you know make sure it's completely dry then it has an undercoat and then it has a choice of colors you know a lot of people i think our most popular one would be a bronze but you can have gold silver bronze so they pretty much make up the frame as they want it they can have photos you know they can customize it to, to literally how they want to have it done it's absolutely beautiful it's very personal very because personal. it's the person yeah. themselves yeah and it's a phenomenal um it's a phenomenal product to be able to offer 
in rural Leitrim. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Where would most of your customers come from? Would they be from Leitrim or the surrounding counties? Um, we have a good a good lot come from uh, from Sligo, but um, yeah, it's sort of local, and that that's the thing. It's getting out there and getting people to know where you are because I've had people that are in the next town wouldn't know who I am, and as a new business, that's important to me. You know, to know what works to get the name out because I've tried a shop in the town. You know, I've tried advertising, so it's it's still it's a work in progress to because I have to be all things, you know, to this business. I'm I'm sort of everything. I'm a one man band and I literally do everything. So it's just, you know, it's exciting and it's it's hard and it's but it's very rewarding. Speaking of having places to find you, where can people find you on various media? Um, social media. I'd be on Instagram, I'm on Facebook still getting to grips with twitter so i'm still you know working that one out um i have a website which i'm gonna upgrade in the in the near future for people to actually be able to purchase online you know for e-vouchers and things because we do sell a lot of vouchers as well so they would be really popular you know for christening gifts and you know newborn when, gifts. Or baby showers and that sort of absolutely, stuff absolutely yeah they're coming they're quite popular now at the moment yeah yeah well listen again it's been an absolute pleasure of course on all those platforms it's the casting emporium yeah and people can just look you up and they'll find you on google and all the other good search places as well thank you very much for taking the time to show us around and the very best of luck thank you very much it's that time in the show when we take a little break to remind you about your chance to really experience leitrim on the show throughout the entire month of july we will be giving away the opportunity to sample the best of activities food, attractions and places to stay in the county. The prize pool at the moment is a two-night self-catering stay for two in Tony Lust Lodge, Manor Hamilton, a dinner for two at the Landmark Hotel, Carrick and Shannon, with two tickets for a show at the Landmark Central, an overnight stay in the Loch Allen Hotel, a boxy breakfast for two at our Happy Place Cafe, also in Carrick and Shannon, a cycle for two along the Shannon Blue Way, courtesy of Electric Bike Trails, a short cruise and introduction to fishing, on the Shannon Queen, courtesy of fishtracker.ie. Dive Atlantic have provided us with a try-a-dive session. There's a two-hour guided hike through the glens of North Leitrim with Leitrim Walks, and the opportunity for you and a friend to be one of the first visitors to the new visitor centre at the Shed Distillery of PJ Rigney. There's also a director's tour of the dock, where you will be shown around the historic old courthouse, personally by the director of the dock, Sarah Searson. And today's guest, the Bears Cabin, are providing us with a lovely memento of their appearance on the show as well. Every day on the show, one listener will be picked, and at the end of the month, one of these daily winners will be selected to win the entire collection of amazing experiences around the county. To enter, simply go to leitrimdaily.com and click on Experience Leitrim. Put in your details, and hey presto, you're in the draw. And if you win, we'll be in touch. The very best of luck to you. Recently at Onth Hostel, I attended their showcase of businesses around the Drumshambo area from the world of food and crafts. And one business caught my attention, and that was the Bears Cabin. And I'm joined by Layla, who is the proprietor of the Bears Cabin. Welcome to the show, Layla. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> what exactly is the Bears Cabin? The Bears Cabin is a little business that I set up myself, and it makes homemade, handcrafted gifts for lots of different 
occasions in using mainly wood but I also do frames now and I do just started going into like custom baby rows and kids t-shirts and stuff as well so there's no end of stuff that uh, can be made. Why did you start getting involved in this? I've always really liked making gifts for people and I think when you make gifts or when you really think about a gift more so than just walking in and saying well I have to get a gift for this person for this occasion and trying to find something when you give a gift that's a lot more kind of personalized and relevant I suppose to the person uh, their response sometimes is so nice that that's what I I kind of started to think well what can, can I bring that to people can I make that happen for people that maybe aren't as crafty or as creative as other people do you know what I mean so I thought that, that would be I thought that I'd get kind of a lot of joy out of it out, out of doing that making gifts for people and then seeing the reaction when they pass them on as well have you always been creative um not really my sister was the artist of the family she did painting and stuff and I couldn't even draw a stick man so I thought no that's not for me <laughs> but then I think I got into computers and stuff when I left school I got into computers and technology and stuff and then I, I've been able to kind of combine that with what I'm doing so I kind of found a crafty side if you know what I mean when I realized I could I didn't have to draw things to be crafty so a lot of yours is a technology-based design yeah so I usually make the de the designs or the templates on on my laptop and then I use the different tools that I have to kind of bring them out on wood or paper like there's a lot of paper craft in the frames and stuff so that's kind of where it all starts talk us through your your setup here in terms of your the cabin what is yeah. it what's in the actual cabin <laughs> well in the cabin we've just we've just moved house uh this year and this new house now is uh pretty fantastic for the cabin because it's a i suppose you call it a dormer bungalow and uh or a dormer cottage and upstairs the roof is too low for my husband to be able to do anything up there so i basically got the whole upstairs of the house so i have just kind of three rooms i have an office i then have a room where i do frames and there's no dust and then I have the room that uh, I cut out all the, the little wooden embellishments with and things like that. And in terms of technology, what pieces of technology do you use to help you make those wooden figurines? So I have a scroll saw, which if you're in any way familiar with tools, you kind of compare to a smaller bandsaw. Um, but if you're not, it's kind of like a sewing machine for wood, except you're not sewing things together. You're cutting out it kind of works in the same way where there's there's two kind of arms that pull the blade up and down and then I guide the wood round. Um I don't have to be honest that's the biggest thing for the for the wood. I'm I'm not uh I haven't found I've needed a lot more um kind of major power tools. I'm not some power tool junkie who has a whole host of things up there. I have a table saw and that's about it really and a, and a standing machine. And then for I suppose for the patterns as I said that's the the laptop. For the stencils where I paint through if it, things are personalised on wood, I have like, a, it's called a silhouette machine and it basically cuts out a vinyl stencil for me from a design that I do on the computer and then I can just paint over it that way. So everything you make is completely handmade effectively? Everything except some of the little, I have a lot of little embellishments now. I have quite a collection of things for frames, like really small things like uh, like little stars or little hearts or I've got some like resin flowers and things and paper flowers as well actually they i do buy them but all the wooden stuff is my own stuff i make it all in the scroll saw what was the first thing you made the first thing i made were christmas baubles 
uh, in the shape. I actually haven't. I didn't actually advertise them because they were so difficult to <laughs> to make. It's, well, you you kind of jump before, or what is it? Run before you can walk. Um, but I made them for my friend. Uh, they're like little Christmas trees that hang on the Christmas tree with their names cut out of the inside of them. That was the very first thing. And you're in business how long? Um, I started kind of just doing things for friends at Christmas. Not this Christmas, the one before. So what's that, Christmas? 18 Yeah, but it only really started to be a business business from Christmas of last year. Um, so now. now we've spoken to other similar businesses around the area in the last few weeks on the show and it seems to be a regular occurrence is that this little hobby or a skill that people mm. realise well, hang on a minute people actually like these things yeah. they start to sell them Christmas seems to be a big part of, the, of that yeah. how important is say Christmas and what planning have you done maybe for this Christmas in terms of of, uh, of capitalising on the popularity well I learned a lot from last Christmas let me tell you because uh, I, as I say it was only kind of I didn't have, I wasn't overwhelmed with orders before Christmas. It was just kind of keeping me ticking over. Um, but then Christmas landed and as you, like it was so busy and the little reindeers that I think if you check out my page, you'll see them on there. Um, they just flew off the shelves like everybody was looking for them, except the only problem was I didn't have any of them on the shelves because I hadn't <laughs> made them. So uh, I think planning for this Christmas, I definitely shortly I'm going to start making them. Um, I've already made some, but I'm going to. Uh, set out like to make a certain amount of them each week so I'll have enough for the demand because I have a feeling I have I have orders for them already so definitely need to get on it and make them um, obviously for people who haven't seen it before they can check it out where can they find pictures of them so I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram I hope to have a website but I'm not there yet Um, but Facebook and Instagram is the, the two places where you'll find me and under the Bears, the Bears Cabin yeah both are the bear, just the Bears where Cabin where does the name come from my nickname is the bear i i trying to remember where that came from i think it was when i worked uh, in carfin warehouse in carrick and shannon and uh we all just had different nicknames for each other different animal nicknames and i was nicknamed the bear i think there was a few jokes about me being a bit grizzly and that's why that that started as in your personality yeah but i'm or... not grizzly at all so i think that they were just you know it was winding me up yeah <laughs> But then it stuck. Like I, my my husband calls me bear. All his friends, my friends, call me bear. Um, even I remember one day in the shop when my manager was introducing me to a customer to take over, and he said to me, "Yeah, he said to the customer, oh, the bear will. I mean, the Layla will look after you now.' So that's how much it kind of stuck. <laughs> and are you okay? You're obviously okay with it if you've named the business after it. Yeah, well, the that started because I was talking to my husband and uh, I was trying to at the very early stages when I thought look people like those gifts maybe I should maybe I should start something and, and just see how it goes and uh, we were trying to come up with a name and I wanted to call it something very kind of boring that I wanted almost to describe what I was doing in the name of the the, the name of the business but um, that's actually a lot harder when to do when you have a huge range of things that you're able to do so then uh, because everyone kind of fondly calls me the bear now uh we thought well the bear's cabin because we were actually talking about building the cabin at the time and that's where it started obviously as a startup with just yourself employed in the business at the moment it must be difficult to keep such a wide range of products on the market is that a challenge i think that um i do i do have a very wide range I, as i say i do the i do wooden things i do frames i do paper i do 
Now, baby clothes, I'm branching into canvas bags and pouches and things like that for makeup. So I think at the level that I'm at now when I'm just on my own, I think where I'm at, it kind of needs to stop growing here. But I'd love to, down the line, I'd love to maybe even have somebody to help me a couple of days a week and maybe then start to grow it again. But definitely for now, I think I've hit the new the new type of products. Definitely, I've hit the quota for them, definitely. In terms of people who might be in the position that you're in at the moment, or maybe were in a couple of years ago, where you have this little skill that potentially could generate some income, and that's the direction they want to go, maybe leave the rat race and kind of get involved in the, no, say leave the rat race. Yeah. It's not really, no, you're way more work when you're self-employed. It's like a mouse race. <laughs> but in terms of, I like that, in terms of moving into the space where they have a room or an area in their house that could develop into a, a workshop, like what are the biggest challenges you faced getting from that idea where it's like, here's a hobby that people seem to like to mm. here's my income, here's my business. I think a lot of it is mental. Because you, you know, giving people gifts, giving people that you know that you've made gifts for and you know them and you know more or less how they're going to respond to what you're making and you're kind of looking forward to that response. It's kind of a, a totally different ballgame trying to make something for somebody that you don't know um, and you're trying to achieve what they are thinking, but sometimes they can't tell you what they're thinking. So I think the biggest mental thing is the th- biggest thing is mental and that you just need to go for it i mean if you're just setting up at home you have tools already say if you've been making things for friends just do it you don't have anything to lose necessarily you know and then you can always go and do i actually found it really helpful there a couple of weeks ago to do a start your own business course because they kind of put your mind at ease about you know being scared of the tax man and things like this it's 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 not as scary or as daunting as i think you think when you start out everybody starts out somewhere and if you just take it step by step, I definitely think everybody should give it a go. Where can people find out information about that? I know you don't offer the courses, but <laughs> where did you find out about those? Um, I met with somebody who I knew, actually, and then they said, go and check out the website. So it's the Leitrim Enterprise Office, I think. It's Leo, they they short, they call it. And you go on there and they have a calendar of events. Um, So they have different things like how to use Instagram, uh, different things about photography, um, but then the start your own business course is really the biggest thing because you can find out about possibilities for funding. You find out lots. I did anyways in, in the one that we did um, about, as I say, tax and on what you need to be doing, how you need to register. If you, you know, that's if you're going to go down the route of this is going to be my business. Um, and it's, as I say, it's not as scary as you think it's going to be. <laughs> so you've done the course, you've got the business, you've got the products. They're beautiful. Or We've looked at some of them upstairs. How do you get that into people's hands and get paid for it? Like, what's your distribution? How do you have to go and stand affairs? Do you sell to shops? How does that work? So far, up until last Friday, I did my first fall, as you say, on the on Toastal Festival because it was a local one and I was approached by them because they were looking for people in the area. I set up on Facebook, first of all. I didn't actually start using Instagram. Um, straight away because Instagram kind of scares me a little bit um, so I started using Facebook then I decided you to, to use Instagram and they're the two places that I sell things on people do have friends and things do have my number obviously to ring me um, and order directly but I mean that's how you get started and then it just kind of grows it grows kind of organically then you know you you people different people will like them and share them and comment and leave your reviews and then that comes up on other people's walls and it just kind of grows away itself. It's kind of nice that it grows um, kind of steadily as well because, it, you know, when you, when it's just your two hands, if it did kind of rock it off in the beginning, it could be a bit intimidating. But 
let's just say for argument's sake you do something you post online and it was to go viral in the morning could you cope mentally or <laughs> well, both uh, mentally i think it would be a bit of a struggle because instantly you're like how am i going to do this but but it must be it would be a, a buzz as well if some all of a sudden oh, you yeah. woke up to 500 orders tomorrow morning Oh yeah, well that would be now. Come on, that's gonna be that. That would be scary. It depends when they're due by. That's the whole thing. You, I can get five hundred orders, but it just depends when you need it for. In the real world, let's talk about the, the organic growth. And if someone is interested in looking at your products, or in they can check out the Instagram or Facebook. But yeah. if they want to actually order something, if they contact you through, through social media, what kind of turnaround? Like, if people are looking for a wedding at the end of the week, it's probably not going to happen. But how much of a turnaround can you work to? It depends what the product is and it depends how busy I am at the time and it also depends on if other people's orders are due around the same time. So very often people will message me and they'll say, I have a wedding at the end of the week and I haven't got anything. If I can reorganise, I will. Like sometimes you can just kind of change the orders around a little bit so that nobody is waiting longer than you told them they would be but you can still fit in a couple of extra ones, you know. So I'm always like, if you are stuck for something, I would always do my best now it's not always possible but you would recommend i would recommend that you give it two weeks um because you like by the time if you message me then we need to come up with a, a design or i have to send you a template and then by the time the finish is dry and everything like that you would be kind of definitely within two weeks at the moment what are the next steps for your business um the next steps are going to be going back to the leo the leecher enterprise and just seeing what other help they can get me business wise because it's all good being able to um, make things but then you need to be able to run things better as well but i'd love to um hone in on the really popular products and make them better in a lot of ways like make them kind of mm, i don't know how to describe it more more unique than they already are kind of thing i'd love to i'd love to try and make something really really special but figure out ways to do it that it doesn't cost people the arm, an arm and a leg and really enjoy the little tour of the bear's cabin <laughs> and the very best of luck to you i'm sure we'll see you at many fairs over the course of the next months and years and mm. the very best of luck to you and your business thank you thank you so much now for something a little bit different on social media the other day, I came across a video from a local group of fifth class students in St. Joseph's National School in Leitrim Village, taught by Mick Blake, who joins me now to tell me about the song that they've written about the environment. Mick, welcome to the programme. Thanks very much, Bethany. Um, so I suppose back at the start of the year, uh, it became apparent we had some very good singers in the class and some very creative people. We were kind of keeping a, an eye out during the year um, when we were covering various issues um, for, for something to write a song about. I showed them the TED Talk by Greta Thurberg, and they were very taken with this. Um, Greta, as you probably know, is a 15, I think 16-year-old now, who's, who's an environmental activist. They decided they wanted to write a song about the environment, and we kind of honed it down then to something about plastic and the destructive nature of the the, the various products that are being produced. So we brainstormed and um, eventually came up with the song that you're just about to play, I think. Now, obviously, anyone who's been involved in the, the arts around the county will be well familiar with your name over the years. You've had Christy Moore cover one of your songs in recent years, and your renowned 
singer-songwriter in your own right, but most of your work tends to be around a social issue. Has that rubbed off on your students? I think so, yeah. I'm, I'm very much about writing songs with, with a purpose, I suppose. I think working with children, you get a great concept of, of fairness because they'll point it out to you very quickly if they feel that something's unfair in the classroom and indeed in the world in general. So I suppose from that perspective, it's a two-way street. Um, definitely, I think, using music and using song as an educational tool and to highlight social issues is, is, is a very effective method of getting the point across. So in terms of this song that we're about to hear, who would have done most of the work? Well, the kids had a huge input. Um, as I said, I don't like to interfere too much with, with what they come up with, although they say now that the average pop song has, um, is, is aimed at eight-year-olds in terms of the lyrics. I think this one's probably a little bit higher than that, actually. No, they all had an input, as I said, when we were brainstorming. I put them into groups, and they come up with you know a few ideas. Then we try and work on rhymes and rhythms and um, basically just formulate it. So... They'll come up with a structure and they'll come up with the individual topics, whereas I might just fine-tune it towards the end. And then I brought in um, a little recording studio that I have at home, so that was great fun because they had an opportunity to kind of mess about with with all the the real technical stuff. And then we experimented with different sounds and different reverbs. Um, We brought in a tin whistle. Then we put together a little video as well, which you can get online on YouTube. This is called Plastic, and it's by the children of fifth class in Leitrim Village National School. Fantastic if you sang along 
Thank you for joining us for a look at some of the creative world in Leitrim. If you're involved in the arts, drama or any creative pursuits, I'd love to hear from you on our social media. We'd love if you keep the show informed about events, news, performances or anything you feel we should be talking about on this show each and every week. You can get in touch via Twitter, Instagram or Facebook simply by searching Leitrim Daily. And our email is info at leitrimdaily.com. I'll be back tomorrow for Faces and Places with a look back at the Carrick Water Music Festival in the county town Carrick and Shannon. Chat to you then.